It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. Coming up on episode number 83 of the Night Talker, it is another casual Friday that I am spending with my friends Tom and Camilla McKay. I am Trey Elling. Give me a follow on Twitter at Courtesy Wave and do the same for ESPN Austin at 1027 ESPN. You've heard them, I want to say, three of the last four Fridays at this point. They are essentially serving as, I don't know, pinch hitter, fill-in player. as Surrogate. Surrogate. Uh, donor, donee. They are uh, helping out while uh, while BK gets some things sorted. Don't worry, though. BK will be back for Trey and BK Friday starting in August. But it is Tom and Michaela, uh, Tom and Camilla McKay, I if I can lot. get that out correctly. How y'all doing tonight? Pretty we're, good. We're doing okay now. We weren't earlier, I don't think. But yeah, we both okay had now. pretty rough days. But, you know, sometimes Tuesdays just really take it out of you. We are recording this on a Tuesday, even though yeah. it's airing on a Friday. Sorry, and can they know that? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. okay. I have no well, problem with that. Because I'm actually in Kenosha, Wisconsin right now. <gasps> if it were Friday. That's when this is. I thought you were going to be in California. So did I, but I messed up. We're actually going to Kenosha first for the book signing. Get a little switcheroony. Oh, with your uh, your dad's friend. the Uncle Bob. Uncle, Bo- I, Uncle, Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob. We're sitting here with you right now, buddy, listening to the show. So <laughs> tell the people about Uncle Bob. Bob and your dad's group of friends that that he is a part of that he's written a book about his experiences. If you remember the uh, the Rat Pack back when they had like Dean Martin and all those guys and uh, Sammy Sammy Davis Jr. and and they always wore the suits and all. Every picture from when they were younger, this group of guys and their wives, um, my dad's friends and and their wives, they were always all dressed to the hilt and just. Not that they were some wealthy people or anything like that, but they were always dressed up with their hair slicked back and looking good. They were they looked like the Rat Pack all the time, and it was this group of guys, and they're all they were all known as our uncles, you know, when we were growing up. And it wasn't like a mob thing, although there's one I don't mind say Al Miller could have possibly been a mobster, but he was a lawyer, <laughs> and uh, the mob is he, gonna come after you now. He, I hope he was you know. so awesome, but the. Um, Uncle Bob, Bob Gentile, wrote a book called Ma's and Paws. They, they've all passed away except for him. And so he decided it was time to write the story. And so we are in Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, just for his book signing. It's just coming out. And he has um, decided to, and he's got pictures of all of the time. So everybody can see. If you find the book, Ma's and Paws, I would recommend it to anybody because it just shows a time back in the, you know, the, 50s and everything when people were just a little a little different than they are now i mean the the men were were truly men and the the women were i mean they were all working women and the women and knew to keep their mouths shut i don't think that any of these women kept their mouths shut they were they were kind of badasses on their own oh and, that's good oh yeah no they they were a group of and they went they spent quite a bit of time in like miami and things like that they had the i can't remember the name of the hotel that they always had the font Fountain, Fountain, something, but it was a um, pre-Fontaine. It was. <laughs> it's an interesting time to read about and and see stories of when they kind of just went on went on their own and did their own thing and didn't really worry about what what everybody else was thinking about. All all of them went in different directions in in mm-hmm. business and everything else. But yeah, it was it's really cool to see that the old man was actually a uh, 
He was kind of a go-getter when he was a young young buck. So is it a, is it stories from their youth then, like childhood through early adulthood? It was more of a early adulthood through mid-adulthood okay. kind of time. Um, I think most of them met in high school and college. Gotcha. And um, but no, it's a it's really cool to see, and it's 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 really neat to see the pictures because it's it's it reminds you of the old movies, the old black and white movies where all the dudes were kind of like the show Mad Men. Where you got to see, you know, those guys, that's what they remind me of. Yeah. What was your dad like when you were a kid? Dad was a, dad was a working man. He just, uh, an insurance man. And he, uh, you know, I I think the grind gets to a lot of them and uh, it it kind of just wears out their whole thing. So Mm -hmm. it was more of a, you know, go to work, do you do all the stuff you're supposed to do, be the, be the you know, the businessman and then come home and try to chill a little bit and never, never like a, a beat the person or anything. used to hear the comment about the belt, but quite frankly, never saw the belt. So I can't <laughs> tell any, we were not beaten as children or anything, but the, um, no, it's, it's interesting. They, um, I, I think it used to be more of a, you, you were a family man at home, but you were a businessman at business. Didn't have any in between of the two. Like we never heard about work. That's good that he was able to leave it at the office because that can be a very difficult thing to do, especially in the grind. He went from kind of the the base level of the insurance industry all the way up to he was kind of one of the big wigs in the insurance industry in the state of Texas when he finally called it a day. So they go through the whole thing. They were, one of them, one of those, one of that group was a litigator and a big time litigator. Um, he was kind of a wild man. He was he was always. Quite frankly, he was my favorite of the group. And, mm. uh, he died. I think he died first of all of them. But uh, he lived life to the fullest. There's no question about that one. Um, I see it, and I wish that there was more of that today. I wish there was more responsibility for what you are and what you're supposed to be instead of the that's not my job kind of thing. Everything is your job. No matter what part you're in in your life, it's your job. One of my summer courses was history of human evolution. And my final like paper was about cooperation versus competition and what thrives in society best. And I think that's a big part of it is that people think that it's all competition, but in the end there isn't one without cooperation. You know, like you need someone to set up the track in order to race. Everyone is very isolated right now. It feels like, and everyone's trying to prove themselves as just themselves right now. Yeah, and I think it's cool to see that. I mean, those guys were like, you read that book and it's, it's neat to see that, you know, how they lived their lives, but yet they were always still close all the way till the very end. I mean, they were still tight and they still knew each other very well and it never, never let each other go at all. I still have friends from back in the early eighties when went to high school and stuff like that. And I still can talk to them every day if I want and uh, still see them, still have conversations with them. And I, I think that is kind of going by the wayside somewhat, if not a lot, because I don't, I don't see a lot of people that actually have relationships much anymore. They, I have 3,900 friends. No, you don't. That's a social media stigma that people seem to have now. If you have, honestly, it's, if you it's have- hack, It's hacking the reward centers of the brain. Yeah, too, I mean, if you have way. more than 10 friends, if you have 10 friends, that's way more than you really have time for. That's too many. I feel That's like, too many people to have to juggle. Yeah, I feel like people care a lot um, a lot more about their social media community over their local community. Like, rather than meeting people around them and being in person and, like, engaging and stuff, sharing memories, it's a lot of, 
well, how many people can see the same Insta post if I see this and everyone else seen it, then basically we're all hanging out. You know what I mean? You know, my wife does a pretty good job of balancing that because Mm -hmm. she does have her neighborhood friends and they get together, but they also stay in touch through all these different digital means. So Snapchat, Marco Polo and Facebook (laughs) and Facebook Messenger. But they do actually get together to their credit. But a lot of people probably aren't like that. Like it pretty much stops as soon as they put the phone or computer away for the night. Mm -hmm. And that bothers me a lot. Like today I heard some athlete had posted on social media that they wanted help for some situation. And they go, you know, after his post, it was immediately a $30,000 had been donated and then $300,000 had been donated and people are willing to like send $10 or $20 to that, but yet they won't go commute, you know, do their local charities in community, which I've never understood. That's the one place where you can actually donate that makes a difference in your life. And in the lives of people that you might actually meet in your life at some time where those, those guys, they already have the ability to, to get whatever they need from their organization or from, you know, the people in their world, but they can put it on social media and everybody says, Oh yeah, I need to donate. Why do you need to donate to that? But not to your local theater, your local food mm. bank or anything. I mean, donate to the people that are, necessary to you but on social media they feel like oh now i've achieved something i put out that i did a ten dollar donation on social media who cares at that point i don't get that one performative performative action they are camilla and tom mckay joining me for another casual friday here on the night talker coming up we're gonna talk spanking and movies it's the night talker with trey elling it's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. Good luck, y'all. In fact, you're on a casual Friday here on the Night Talker. I am hanging out with my friends Camilla and Tom McKay. Tom, of course, is the owner of Audiovisual Consultations. They are the best in the business, doing a great job uh, providing dream home theater setups here in Central Texas. Going all the way back to 1988, they also do restaurants. If you've been to a Pluckers in the last, what, 10 to 15 years, Tom? How long? 17 years, I think. 17 years. Those television setups, which are the best in the city, those are done by audiovisual consultations. Same goes for the televisions and the restrooms, too. All you have to do is uh, give him a call at 255-8678 to have him help you out with whatever it is you want to do in your home or place of business. You can also go to avconsultations.com to uh, check things out there as well. And I previewed going into the break, guys, that we're going to talk spanking. Spanking. I wouldn't let y'all know anything else other than that (laughs) single word. So you were actually intrigued to hit record once again. So here's where the spanking conversation comes into play. Okay. You said something when he's talking about his childhood, about your parents threatening spanking, but not ever really doing it, which I think is refreshing because that was a generation where like spanking was happening. I don't know, 90 to 95. I I said the old man threatened the belt. Now, I didn't say the old lady didn't do anything. Oh, so she spanked you then? The old lady was, uh, Patricia was the queen of the neighborhood, the mom of the neighborhood. And I can tell you this, that if you didn't fear her when she was angry, you had a good chance you better be running hard to get away from the Hot Wheel track. So she would spank you with a Hot Wheel track? She would grab the Hot Wheel track from anybody in the neighborhood. If they did wrong, she's coming after you. Now, everybody would outrun her and laugh. 
And she would tell you, you better not come back tonight because I'm not letting this thing go. Okay, so she wasn't spanking you either then. She, <laughs> if she caught you, she would. <laughs> but did she ever catch you? Yeah. That's no, it was question. usually my oldest brother did what was called the pink belly on anybody that did the wrong. You remember the pink <laughs> belly? Uh, vaguely, yeah. They lay you down on the ground. They Somebody holds your legs. Somebody holds your arms. They put ice on your belly to make your belly freeze. Mm-hmm. And then they just start patting your belly until you can't stand the pain anymore. And it's totally pink. And it's pink for days. And that was Pat's way of saying, hey, guess what? <laughs> Mom didn't get you, but I did. That's horrible. I assume that you were not a spanker. That you did not spank Camilla. I think I spanked her one time. I think I did. I she had to have done something really bad that time, probably. Oh, it's always the kid's fault. But I, 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 it probably I, was my fault. I, I, I probably did something. I, I think I honestly <laughs> did spank her one time, but it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't anything out of maliciousness. It was more of a, you need to shush. And she was probably very little, so it was one of those, yeah. you know, they made, they, I still believe that God made children's butts soft for a reason. They don't feel a little spank. Mm. it's more of a if it helps your psyche i don't remember yeah she she doesn't even remember it so it it wasn't anything so yeah it's just i remember timeouts that hurt more to call it assault or abuse seems a little bit harsh especially if you are just spanking on the backside now if you're doing what adrian peterson did and having your kid go and pick out a switch and the switch is so long that it's causing marks on the front side. Like there, there's a line right there, but it's a spank on the bottom is different. Having said that though, I was spanked as a kid and have never once spanked my own kids. Like it's just, I don't know. It feels like a step too far for me. Now there were uh, maybe one or two times each when they were very young and being complete S heads mm-hmm. um, where I did the caveman thing where I'm like, all right, you're throwing this tantrum right now. You need to go to bed. So I'm grabbing you by the bottom of your leg and carrying you upstairs. <laughs> and that's going to calm you down actually cuz you're like, "Whoa, what's going on? This yeah. is this is uh some this is something that's beyond my understanding." Yeah. But I've never spanked him before. No, I, I think it's there's a difference between discipline and like and violence. And abuse, yeah. yeah. And I think it's about the intent though too. Like like the caveman thing, you're not like hurting them, you're putting them to bed. Like yeah. the spanking thing and like picking out a switch, that's I want to hurt you. Like that's what that means. You know what I mean? Like it's there's a difference with the intention of it. See, I don't even know I don't want to say he's not smart enough to realize he was going to hurt the kid like that, but that was also probably in his history too though. So it yeah, never occurred a nurture to him kind of thing that, that there's something really it. messed up about it too, right? Yeah, there's a nurture aspect that goes into it. But I just don't understand how someone can be like grow up to become that age or like become a figure like that and still not know that. I think that's just hard for me to wrap my head around. A lot of children today, a lot of young people could use today. Could a fat spanking? Could, yeah. Could either use, well, they could use a spanking. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah. or, or they could, some form of this, the, the lack of discipline now that parents have towards their children is, is beyond irritating. I agree with that so I can much. say that, and I will, one experience of mine where there was a child who would not be we were at a audition i had to wait this was before the kid could drive and so she was at an audition and we had to sit in this waiting room outside and this one kid was just obnoxiously loud and i know everybody in the audition could hear and he wouldn't be quiet and i said and i just looked at him and i said i I know this is a bleeper so get ready because i said dude you need to shut the up and his mom looked at me and said, 
excuse me, are you talking to my child? Don't talk to my child. I'll discipline him. And I said, well, then discipline him because I'm tired of this. This is ridiculous. Your kid needs to go outside. And so luckily she finally got upset with me enough that she took the kid outside. But, you know, these parents will not do any form of discipline. And it's it's very irritating for everybody else in society that is trying to at least have some sense of decorum even. It feels like there are a lot of people who are allowing their kids to run roughshod on their lives because they think it's healthy to let a kid experience some level of free expression that includes eating nothing but french fries and chicken fingers. I was I was going to say there's like I don't know. I feel like humans are animals, you know, until we're taught that there's a society that works. Like there's a reason why we were cavemen first. And so if you're not you're not introduced to society and taught, "Hey, this is how things go yeah. and this is how you're supposed to act." And like even rough outline, like, yeah, put your twist on it. That's fine. Be you. But like, this is how it's facilitated. So be you, but by following this like societal rule, like I don't get why that's not taught anymore. Like people are scared to say, hey, this is a definite rule in society. Like we can have those. We can all have things that we all agree on. What are those some of those definite rules, guys? I mean, honestly, just I feel like respect right now is a really big thing for me. Um, I think just people being considerate of like audiences, like reading the room and just find, I think a lot of equity is missing. I know we talked about equity and equality uh, like a couple episodes ago. What do you mean by equity again? Equity is like my image of like the seat at the table and like some people's chairs are automatically just like way shorter than other people's. And some people don't even have a chair and stuff like that. Like making sure that everyone has the same that everyone starts from the same place? Yes, that that's, everyone starts that, from the same that's place. That's a wonderful ideology, but that's impossible. I know. But I just don't see... I think I there's don't, better ways to empower people. Yeah. So what's one control. of your definitions? Uh, one, of the, one of the definitions that I think we all need to agree on, I don't know, you know, just like when somebody lets you in to traffic, whether it's <laughs> merging onto a highway or turning from a gas station or yeah. not blocking an intersection, like a little courtesy Waving. wave. Yes. Can we do the courtesy wave? Can we courtesy bring that wave. back, please? Yeah. Can we bring back smiling in the grocery store, like when you pass someone? That would be instead nice. Instead of like looking at the floor. One of the like ones that gets me the most that is, I exist. <laughs> is as simple as where we're going to go a little bit later on movies, but you go to the movie theater, which I still enjoy going to the theater. I know we build home theaters, but I'm sorry. The movie theater is still an experience that everybody should have for a good movie. Love it. And Have you ever done a theater, by the way? Have yes. you ever wired one? Oh, yeah. Movie oh, House and Eatery. Movie House and Eatery. Oh, they have. The Violet Crown downtown. Surprising. I love um, the Violet Crown. That's one of mine. The, um, but no, the, it says before the show, turn off your phone. Even a text is a bright light in a dark place. Yeah. And yet still, every time you go to the movie, somebody has to leave their phone on. Turn off your phone. It's two hours. If you can't, don't, don't give me the I have a child at home thing either because guess what? For a hundred years, people didn't have a phone and they got through a movie fine. <laughs> it is so ridiculous that people can't turn off their phone for a movie. Turn it off. Okay. I agree with you for the most part, but there is a gray area because there's always a gray area. And that gray area for me is watching these stupid ass kids movies, which at one point they got this formula right. And now they just make them very half-assed, even ideas that have immense potential like the Mario Brothers. So at a movie like that, because I know I'm going to get bored with the visual aesthetic and these stupid scripts, I will bring my phone out from time to time and check things. Or maybe I will 
fake a bathroom trip so I can be on my phone for a couple of minutes. Fake the bathroom trip and go on the phone. That's fine. Turn it off in the movie theater. I'm still gonna. I'm still gonna do it in the movie theater because You're everybody else is around. You are an. You are an obnoxious turd. <laughs> I feel like kids. Kids can glue their eyes to the screen though and ignore this like tiny screen if there's a big screen. You know, out of sight, out of mind. Like, if they're not these, looking that these way. Kids, these kids do not care. Yeah. I've done it next to my son before. <laughs> he is so locked in on the picture in front See, of him. It's yeah. not bothering him. And I know any parent that's annoyed by it is probably annoyed by a lot more in life, too. It's just, it's it's the common courtesy of the whole thing. That's You're what right. we were discussing. Okay. And it's just, turn it off. It, they, they actually make a point to ask you to turn them off. And yet people won't do it. It's... That is, that's me in the, in the line of traffic. Now I do try to let people in and I do expect to be let in, but the person who cuts somebody off in the traffic. Now I'm, I'm going to be the disciplinarian at that point. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of have to take matters into your own hands and you hope it doesn't devolve into gunshots. I've never been concerned with the gunshot thing too much. I figure I can outrun them. Me neither in the moment. And then after the fact, I'm like, I have no idea what that person might've done. Had they, had they continued to get even more upset? I don't know. It's, the, it's the, f- the wife brings up the gunshots quite a bit. She she likes to tell me so they, they could shoot you, and I'm like, well, they can try. I feel like those stories happen enough that you and I should maybe try and heat that a little bit more. No, nope. I'm going to make this promise for you though, because I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong. You know what? Going forward, even in these terrible kids movies, I am not going to pull the phone out in the theater anymore. Then you I feel I've phone. accomplished yes. something today. All right. Yay! All right. Bathroom breaks for the win. Tom McKay helping people each and every day be better people. She. <laughs> Camilla, Tom's daughter. Coming up more, Casual Friday with the McKays here on The Night Talker. It's The Night Talker with Trey Elling. It's The Night Talker with Trey Elling. Back on a Casual Friday here on The Night Talker. I am joined by Camilla and Tom McKay, as I have been for most of the last month on Fridays now. BK is taking a bit of a summer break, but don't worry. Trey and BK Fridays are going to be back starting in August. Buckle up, y'all. It's about to get real. So, guys, uh, we were talking a lot in this quote-unquote commercial break in between recording (laughs) sessions, and you brought something up at the very end of our conversation that I want to ask you about. We were discussing food, and you, in our conversation about the Mr. Gaddies that still exist in this world, Call four five nine twenty two twenty two and get a Mr. Gaddy's pizza delivered to you. No, <laughs> but we were no. talking about uh, the fact that there is a Mr. Gaddy's Gaddyland that's still in Round Rock somewhere, rated I thirty five and Sam Bass, the same one that's been there for a long time, which brings back fond memories for me as a kid. Until you tell me that Mr. Gaddy's is apparently allowing a mac cheese on top of the pizza. Offering on the buffet, they have macaroni and cheese <laughs> okay. as one of the selections. So what you do is you get your pizza on your plate, and then you go by and you take a spoonful of the mac, the big huge spoons. You get a big spoonful of the macaroni and cheese, and you pour it on top of your pizza so that you get the cheese sauce from the macaroni and cheese whenever you take a bite of your pizza. That's a little bit too much cheese for me. I think at that point, this meal is starting to turn into a bit of an SNL skit. Cheese is life. Trey, Jesus okay, Jesus that's Lord. fine, but <laughs> Chicago-style pizzas are drastically They make Metamucil for a reason, big fella. See, that's my problem. I don't want to have to take stuff to validate the gut bomb I'm about to foist <laughs> upon myself, you know? 
It's like, where do we stop with the with the mac and cheese on the pizza? Are, you know, we're gonna be we're we gonna be putting hamburgers on top of that at some point. Then maybe some, some nachos, some bratwurst. There you yeah. go. Bratwurst. Throw some sardines. I have there. I have throughout this time in on this world on this world. My my mom when we were growing up was really big on making meals that she could afford to make. Mm-hmm. And so macaroni and cheese was a staple always because it was like 39 cents for Kraft. a box of Kraft macaroni yeah. and cheese. And I still to this day think it's one of the greatest foods in the history of the world. And I wish to God I could have it every day. I love Kraft macaroni and cheese. But Did they have hamburger helper when you were a kid? They did. And she okay. would actually mix that with other stuff so that she could make meals. She would make meals... They were all delicious. I'm, I'm not going to lie. My, my mom was awesome. But mm. the day-old hostess store, that was awesome, where you go get the stuff that's out of date by one day, and you mm. get it for pennies on the dollar, mm. and just bags and bags of boxes of hostess cupcakes and ding-dongs and Twinkies and all that stuff. Those things were expiring? Oh, yeah. They'd expire, and then they'd have one day passed. They would sell them for like next to nothing at the hostess store. In Farmers Branch, Texas. What was that? Crisco starting to turn or something? Like I was... don't know what would turn, but they were good for months after that. So why not buy them all? Yeah, exactly. I, I don't understand why they're saying expiration date. Those things have years. Everything on has now. an expiration date on it. Just about. There's expiration mm. dates on protein bars. You don't think a protein bar is good for 900 years? Please. <laughs> yeah. There's, oh, yeah, there's exactly. an expiration date on everything, mm-hmm. and. I don't worry about most of them. Yes, milk. Yes, I look at my expiration date because I don't want to drink milk afterward because then it's cottage cheese, which I like also, but I don't want it in my mouth as a liquid. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's supposed to have some strawberries put in it and you eat that separate. But the foods that you grow up with tend to be foods that you, if you enjoyed your childhood, I guess I would say, I don't, I'm sure there's things that you would say I don't like because they brought back bad memories. But my childhood was pretty awesome. My mom was cool as hell. The things that she fed us, have always been like the staples of my diet. Still, peanut butter sandwiches with bananas. You take a banana, you slice it up, you put slices of banana all over your peanut butter sandwich. I believe it's on, called the Elvis Presley. On Wonder White Bread. Oh, yeah. See, you lose me at the, the White Wonder Bread. <laughs> I love White Wonder Bread, peanut butter sandwich. In fact, now they just can't. And I used to love to put... Take a bottle of honey and squirt honey across the top of it as well with the banana. Well, now, like, uh, Peter Pan just came out with honey peanut butter. And it is so good. Anybody out there that wants to try something really good, go get a jar of the Peter Pan peanut butter with honey. It's really good. Is Peter Pan just now on the honey peanut butter? I feel like that's been around for a while. I think it's new. I think it's brand. I just just found it like six months ago. It's awesome. I've never been a peanut butter and jelly guy. I don't care about the jelly part at all because mom made peanut butter sandwiches. See, I need the jelly because I need it to balance out the dryness of the peanut butter and the bread too. Especially if you have like decent bread. Well, that's what we had Kool-Aid for. She used to make the powdered Kool-Aid because right. you had to have the cheapest stuff. But and, that, and that's fine because it's still it's still Just sugar on top of sugar. Yeah, I wonder, why we, have a, I wonder how, why we have a diabetes and obesity issue. But there is it and, and milk. You know, we always drank tons of milk, and I'm still a milk junkie. I love milk. As somebody asked in the house, you know, if they want a shopping list, I always say chocolate milk and white milk. Hopefully, you're Get a whole both. milk guy. I am not. I'm a low oh, fat, fat milk. Free, yeah. You like the watered down milk then? Just milk. Okay. I don't care which one. I will drink any of them, but okay. I prefer to get the low fat because I'm a fat pig. So, I mean, I need to watch my weight at some point. The doctors even say, Tom, you know, let's, what's the, the cholesterol thing? I'm, I'm in good shape, but as far as the cholesterol and everything goes, 
I don't need to mess with that too much. Weren't you getting into a, a workout routine at some point in the I last still like, am. nine I mean, months to dude, a year? I'm still in extra large shirts. Come okay. on. That's because okay. the shoulders are buff, baby. Guys, for our listeners at home, I know you can't see, but Tom is about a six foot two, um, 400 pound, <laughs> pure muscle, statuesque. Like he gets out of chairs and barely moves. He's barely moving. The man is so, man is so built. Barely moves. His muscles are so big. His yep, arms exactly. can't even move anymore. Yeah, can't even put them up. Too big. I mean, instead of six two, it's five two. Are you actually five two? I think I'm five three. It's the best thing about being a short guy. <laughs> you can fit in every cool car ever built. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's a fact, and I will hold that to this day. It people, says that one. people want to say that being short has to have disadvantages. It it could, but I can sports get into any sports you. car, and they're made for short people. You you ask a guy who's six five if he can drive a Viper or a Vet or anything comfortably, he can't. Uh, Try yeah. to get into a Lotus as a six foot dude. Good you know, luck. I've noticed that my wife has a bigger Audi now, but she had the Q5 a few years ago, and it was a really nice car. But I hated the fit. Like it's like this is a German automobile. Why is this fitting somebody who's like five nine or five ten right now? And I say that as somebody who's six feet, so I'm not a, like crazy tall or anything. But I don't know American made automobiles. I've never really had an issue like that in an SUV. And back when they had. Stand, you know, when when everybody drove a stick shift, it was the the pedals were always the left pedal in a sports car is made so that you could barely move your toes from one side to the other. Well, if you've got a really big foot, that's a really difficult thing to do. Yeah. And as a short person with a with only a size, yes, I only have a size eight foot. So sorry, it's not it's not representative uh-huh, your of foot everything. Is so small, lol, the, loser. Um, <laughs> <but> sorry, the, <laughs> so I thought that's where you were. No, but you could you can you could shift and do it. That's most race car drivers are not big dudes. True, and jockeys. Jockeys are different. That's because the horse doesn't like big fat guys on top of them. Probably. I feel like you would be a good jockey, though. I weigh too much to be a jockey. I don't think you're tall enough. Oh, no, I'm too tall to be a jockey. No, Girl, you, you could right not saddle that, that horse. Your no, legs jo- are jockey, Jockeys are very small, dudes. They're really oh, small. And most of them weigh like yep, 100, 130 or less. And I'm, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm, I'm still up in the 170 range. So that's hopefully going to be Six down. 6'2", 402. Yeah, 402. <laughs> okay, what's the worst thing about being a short guy then? Um, concerts, 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 concerts. Yeah, concerts. Yeah. Really, you got to, you have concerts to either stand suck. on the chair or you have to find a way to get in the mosh pit all the way down to the front. And if you're with your friends who are super tall or like average, and then they're like, "Hey, you can't go up there because I'm here," and I'm like, "Oh, you're right." So I guess I'll just be behind this really tall dude. So yeah. usually, when her and I are at ACL Fest and stuff, we usually have to either find a opening space somewhere near the middle of the pack, kind of thing, and where you can still see the stage well, or we have to just go through the crowd and go up to the front, Mm -hmm. which I don't mind either way. I don't mind fighting through people and getting up to the front. Um, But I'm not going to sit there and not see the stage. And that, I mean, if anybody's six foot in front of you, you can't see the stage. The guys who wear a cowboy hat, which I'm not opposed to cowboy boots and cowboy hats, but if you wear (laughs) a cowboy hat and you're in a stadium or in a seat someplace, take the damn hat off. There's people that aren't that tall. So I think we could do a whole courtesy rules section on concert etiquette, right? Absolutely. Because there is that fine line whenever you're working your way towards the stage where room is not nearly as prevalent, but there are still spots for you to stand. But some people get pissed off. It's like, 
Well, we were, you know, we were standing right here. So you got to, you know, there has to be two people that are a couple of inches shorter than us to want to stay in this empty space that's not being occupied otherwise. My wife is short enough that she can get away with it. But anytime as a six foot guy, I go into certain positions where there is clearly room for me to stand. I receive that animosity. Now, unfortunately, I've also had to be the guy to call out somebody else who's being belligerent about it because I am like really mindful and respectful about it. Even if I disagree with what those parameters are with the person behind me, there was a guy at the heartless bastard show. We went to at Antones. We talked about Antones last week and he was clearly drunk or something like he was intoxicated Mm -hmm. and decided in the middle of a song to, he's like six, four, six, five to not only go stand like (laughs) front center of the stage and force his way through in the process, but he was like dancing in a way where like he was knocking people around and everybody was afraid to say something. And finally these two girls in front of us, like the one girl's like holding her hands out so that he doesn't like slam into her. So it gets to the end of the song and I'm like, hey, bro, you need to get out of here, man. Like, you're being completely belligerent right now. Like, have an ounce of self-awareness here. He's like, oh, what's self-awareness? He's like, is this okay for you? What I'm is like, self-awareness? Oh it's not, I'm like, it's not, it's not about any one place that you're standing, but to jet into the middle of the concert. This is happening, like, in between songs. This is a long conversation. It's like, if you're in the middle of this crap, like, showing up, it, like, in the middle of a song and then slam dancing everybody around you when that's clearly not what the musical style is, like, yeah. you need to... No, that pisses me off is when the music is not like a song that everyone is dancing. If you're the only one dancing, stop, like stop or like start tapping your toe, start nodding your head, do a little less. If you're the only one dancing, like I get if everyone's dancing, that's all vibe. That's a club. Like that's fine. But concerts, there's a vibe. Like there's a reason why artists attract certain audiences, you know? Absolutely. Exactly. That's right. Concerts rock. Movies rock. We're going to talk movies. Coming up on the other side, as a matter of fact. Let's talk movies. Coming up on the other side. Tom McKay, Camilla McKay. I am Trey Elling. This is the Night Talker. It's a casual Friday. Coming up, we're going to talk some Oppenheimer and nuclear holocaust in our real lives. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. Final segment of a casual Friday here on the Night Talker. I am hanging out with my friends, Camilla and Tom McKay. Tom, of course, owns audiovisual consultations, avconsultations.com, 255-8678. And in lifting the curtain once again for folks who are listening right now, y'all, we are recording this on a Tuesday, even though it's airing on a Friday. Initially, we were going to record on Wednesday, but I have to thank y'all for rescheduling because my wife and I are going to see Barbie tomorrow night, which we are very oh, supposed to be so good. excited about. I think it's going to be awesome. Y'all heard saw the good. other big-time movie that uh, I think they both opened last Friday. Is that yep. correct? Yes, they did. Same we were going to see both of them on the same day, but Barbie was sold out everywhere. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't get around to buying the tickets till way too late. We tried to go on Sunday night. Yeah. Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday was the first night that I could actually find a showtime that was reasonable where you weren't right up on the on the screen. But y'all did see Oppenheimer yes. over Ooh. the weekend and have said Ooh. incredible things off the air. So what is the Tom and Camilla review of Oppenheimer? Oppenheimer. I thought Go ahead. Yeah, let me steal your thunder for a minute. I thought that for the amount of the ticket and the length of the movie, it was one of the most like well done 
deserving of an award movies I've seen in a long time. I definitely think every single person on that set did their job and did it with like cooperating with one another. Cause that's one thing about movies is you can tell when everyone's working together and when they're not. And just like in a show, I feel like, and so that movie was just so, it was so real and it was so worth every second that I really appreciated it and all the artistry that you could see in it. I thought it was honestly, I thought it was the best movie I've seen since I first saw Shawshank Redemption. Wow. Which I still think is one of the greatest movies of all time. All timer. And Oppenheimer was so I can tell you this, leaving that if you didn't hate the character, not the man, the character that Robert Downey Jr. managed to mm-hmm. pull off. And nobody even knew he was in this thing. And yeah, Robert he was, Downey he's Jr. one of the stars and was he was impressive. so good as the guy who tried to destroy Oppenheimer that oh my lord, it was every every character was, was a star. Is it somebody who's it was one known of, historically? Oh yeah, it was. He was the head of the uh, Nuclear Energy Commission, and he's the one who hired Oppenheimer, and then Oppenheimer, Louis Strauss. Yeah, Louis mm-hmm. Strauss, and he was, uh, but he was the one that um, Oppenheimer made fun of in a Senate hearing um, because he was against going to the hydrogen bomb. He did not want to have the hydrogen bomb created after he created the atomic bomb because he realized that this is destruction beyond anything that should ever happen. And so he, he had it out for Oppenheimer from that time forward. And so he tried to destroy him and created a whole council of people to review him and do all this stuff. Mm. And then he was up for a presidential appointment. And that's when all of the people that were under Oppenheimer came out and testified about how bad Strauss was. Mm. And he didn't expect it at all. And it was, but Downey Jr. throughout that whole thing, you just and he plays it, it the makeup and everything was really some of them you actually had to pay attention to who yeah, they might be. We had, the great, makeup was, we had some great appearances by Emily Blunt, Florence Pugh, Josh Peck for my Drake and Joshers day one. Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck. Josh Harnett. So many people. Just one after the other, those stars just kept coming out on the screen. You're going, This was not in the preview. Matt Damon is oh. one of the best co- the only comic lines in the entire movie are Matt, are Matt Damon. Damon. And they're just enough. They're perfect. They, like they have Because at some point beautiful. you need to have some rest from how stressful this thing really is. He's at a playful point in his career yes. because he played a really fun character in Air, too. The story about how Michael Jordan and Nike yes. came together. Great movie. We, Great. Saw that. we went and saw that, the too. The best Such part is literally the end when he's jogging and he's yeah. like, why do people do this? And I'm like, <laughs> me too. <laughs> Amen. I know people nowadays are still, even though the theaters are getting filled up for some of these summer movies, they're not going in the droves that they used to. There's certain movies that you have to see on the big screen. I'm, I don't know if Barbie is one of those. I mean, it's obviously selling all the tickets. I think you could see Barbie on your home home system or whatever. But Probably like right Oppenheimer, you, you have to no, see no, no. it on the big screen. I you think- have to. Take that back. I think what I think what we're saying about Oppenheimer is literally what we're going to be saying about Barbie because I've heard so many things about people going into it and then coming out going that is not what I thought it was going to be at all. Like saying that it's ten times better and like there's a different message that the preview is not showing. I hear I hear one of the criticisms and it kind of annoys For me. Barbie, it's like, yeah, it's like shattering the patriarchy or something like. People are saying that it tries a little bit hard to be woke. People are saying, yeah. But I'm interested to see how that actually manifests itself because I've seen that criticism before and I'm like, 
talking about doing the right thing isn't always woke necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like it really depends on just how virtue sig- signally it feels versus like striking that right tone, you know? Yeah. But sometimes doing the right thing is just doing the right thing. Sometimes it is. You're right about that and not having to be told. And so that I think that's one of the keys where it's not necessarily getting preachy, mm-hmm. but it's able to make subtler points. I've heard that it does make like men uncomfortable who aren't going into it thinking that there will be like a substantial message. And then they're like, Oh, they're trying to do blah, blah, blah. So I don't know. I don't know if it like depends on the guy or like depends on, I need to see it. Like I need to see it. I'm just going for Gosling six pack. Amen. He said Kennergy. Do you have the Kennergy? Kennergy. Oh yeah. That's what everyone asked him about in interviews. His energy is Ken. That's the way I still feel about Brad Pitt movies. I know it's horrible probably, but yeah, I I can just watch Brad Pitt. I'm sorry. And just, such a good looking dude. Have you seen the new Tom Segura stand up? No. Oh, you should check it out on Netflix. I've seen it. Is that like the belly guy? No, 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 no. No, that's Burt Kreischer. They, oh, I they love do, him too. They do the podcast. They do a hilarious podcast together. Check out Tom Segura. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's called Two Bears, One Cave, I believe. <laughs> oh, it is incredible. Good. They do some that's great funny. interviews. Highly, highly recommend. But uh, his stand up. It uh, it gets into what we were just talking about. So mm-hmm. I just just watch the stand up and let me know what you think. Now I did want to ask y'all this because okay. Oppenheimer obviously has to do with the atomic bomb, yeah. and that threat does exist in 2023, according to some. Tom, how worried are you of a nuclear holocaust? A uh, zero. Camilla, how worried are you of a nuclear holocaust? I would say like I think about it a solid once, maybe twice a day. Really. If I get the really world, scared. Yeah. If the world ends in general or actual nuclear bombs. No, going like off. nuclear bombs. Like, I, she like about I've, that a lot. No, that's that's a little strange no, 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 to me. No, no, but that's no, no, fine. No. Well, maybe not like nuclear bombs specifically, but I'm like, I don't know. Sometimes I just see conflicts between us and other countries, and I'm like, what if one day we just go too far? Like we're a bully, and we just like pinch them a little too hard. Like I don't know. It just the because I've seen it, ha- not seen it. You know what I mean? But like it's happened. So it's like who's to say? I don't know. I just don't have faith for those who are in the most power in the countries exactly. that can actually ignite something like that. Oh. If I'm being very that honest do about it, things. That they'll do it. So, I, you know, I don't think about it a ton. It's something where it's like, that That would really suck. But I just can't, I can't force myself to become fearful or scared over something like that. Because is this still very much a far-fetched scenario? And you don't know what exactly it would happen. Like, how that would end up showing itself. But let's say yeah. something happened close enough to Austin. In Texas. The plane crash in Georgetown. That it caused? No. I'm talking a nuclear holocaust where you're all of a A sudden just in, like y'all are in your house together (laughs) and having to figure out what your next step is. My questions for you are, is how much food do you have in your house to survive? (laughs) Did you say a nuclear holocaust? Nuclear holocaust. So how long? It wouldn't matter. We would die right away. We're done. the nuclear holocaust has not affected you to the degree that you are completely dead. You are still alive (laughs) and you're trying to figure it out from there. So how much food do you have? To like stay in your house until X amount of time, and what would be your next step from there? Like right now? Yeah. Okay. This is so a hypothetical here's, here. Here's what I think our plan would be. Here's what I think. I it's like this question. Here. No, I know you think this is silly. I like this question. I want the here's, food answer first. No. How much no, food do I you know. Have so we have we one have, week max. I was gonna say. I think okay. what we would do is all we'd right. have a party. We'd eat all our food. We'd watch all our shows and movies. You and, don't have electricity anymore. I'm sorry. Oh. You have well, a generator? Do we have a generator? No. Oh well, then I guess we're. We don't even have solar. I feel like we would just eat all our food and like party it up a little bit (laughs) and then die. Like let the world end, I guess. I honestly believe I'd end on a full tummy. If you're telling me the world, (laughs) you're telling me the world's about to end. (laughs) It's a stupid hypothetical. Correct. You're saying the world's about to end. (laughs) 
We yes. know it's about to end. Yeah. Spaceship. No, no, no. The world, the nuclear bombs have been dropped and power's cut off and supplies are cut off, but you're still alive and you're able to try and figure out how to survive. And you think they're going to stop at that point or are they going to continue on? Uh, I think the bombing has stopped. The bombing has oh, stopped. And so it we didn't, have to build civilization again. And the nuclear waste hasn't got us. Hasn't gotten you. Like, I not, just live my life like no normal. abnormal lumps just Oh, you're going to go to like work the next day? I'd live my life like normal and continue on. Yeah, but you're not going to have any customers or electricity. Yeah. Okay. So, so how do you live your life like you go on? How do you go on? I go do stuff that I want to do, whatever I want to do. Okay. I go do whatever I want to do at that point. There's, oh. no, there's no regulation of any kind. Yeah. It's time for the purge. Oh. Do you believe in that? And like Whole, wholeheartedly, I've know. always loved those movies. I those are fun concepts, but that that would get out of control yeah, real bad. fast. And bad. I would be the one trying to lead it. I truly <laughs> believe that. <laughs> are we? You're saying that it's it's that time. It's time now. We get to start over. That's Let's start so over. Scary. That's so scary. I think we have like two weeks of food in this house, so y'all can nice. come over. Y'all can Thank come you. over for a couple Thank of days you so if you much. want. We can, I'll pillage somebody else's. I don't care. There's no, there's no law anymore. It's we survival could, of no, the fittest would, in the true sense. We would go live in the H, the new H-E-B on Williams. <laughs> Williams Drive. The biggest H-E-B at, in we'd Texas. We go live at the barbecue restaurant in the H-E-B. That's going to yeah. be a popular venue. You may have to be fighting people to get things at that H-E-B. I will. It's a problem with the grocery stores. All right. They are Tom and Camilla <laughs> McKay joining me for another Casual Friday. They will be back. Next week will actually be a Thursday show. We're going to do casual Thursday next week because BK does return, but I need to hear about Tom's trip and at least have them on one or two more times. We ended that on a really morbid sense, morbid, morbid note. Guys, the world isn't going to end. Yeah, everybody just relax, okay? okay? We were kidding. We were all just kidding. Says y'all. Don't be silly, guys. The world is going to keep going. Have a great weekend, y'all. Sweet dreams. How that? It's the Night Talker with Trey Ellis.